1: Hello and welcome to the New Books Network. I'm your host, James Stansel for the African-American Studies channel. And today I'm going to be interviewing a professor from the University of Cincinnati. The book is called Connecting the Wire, Race, Space and Post-Industrial Baltimore. This book by Stanley Corkin is all about that HBO series of yesteryear, The Wire. Very popular show. It's something that comes up in a lot of pop culture discussions Even now, because a lot of the issues raised in The Wire are still relevant to today and many shows uh, you see on uh, television today kind of took a lead from The Wire and what you saw with David Simon's show from those Baltimore City streets. So Stanley Corkin did a great job going season by season. And, and talking about some of the uh, illusions that you see in the wire, some of the connections to the real world and doing a thorough analysis. So I really think you're going to enjoy this interview. And I think you're going to enjoy Stan too. He's, he's a great guy. And we mentioned some of his earlier work. So he's a, a great film study scholar. So enjoy. Uh, pull up a seat. Have a listen. And uh, let me know what you think. Connecting the wire. Race, space and post-industrial Baltimore by Stanley Corkin, published by the University of Texas Press on the African-American Studies channel of the New Books Network. Hello, and welcome to the New Books Network, the African-American Studies channel. I'm your host, James Stansel, and today I have the great pleasure of being here with the author of the University of Texas Press book, Connecting the Wire, Race, Space, and Post-Industrial Baltimore, Stanley Corkin, and he is the Charles Phelps Taft Professor and Nyhoff Professor of Film and Media Studies in the Department of History and English at the University of Cincinnati in Ohio. Wow, that's a mouthful. How are you doing there, Stanley?
0: I'm good. How are you, James?
1: Doing great, doing great. And I'm so happy I could talk with you. We talked offline about how excited I was to uh, get you on the show because I know my audience will love talking with you. The Wire which is what your book is about, the television series The Wire from HBO. It's one of the most popular shows, and it's really relevant uh, you know, in, in, in today's world. And so I'm, first of all, I want to give a shout-out to my friend Patrick McLaughlin up there in Pittsburgh. I hope you're listening because this is your show. You talk with me about The Wire just about every day. So hopefully you're going to be the first in line to buy, to buy Stan's book. So Patrick, buy his book immediately. That's You'll it. like the book, Patrick. Yes, exactly. So you 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 got it—an endorsement from the author himself, Doctor Corkin. All right, maybe we can work out a signed copy for him, Stan. What do All you right, can do that. Fair maybe enough. Maybe we can we can work that out. But um, yes, Stanley Corkin here, University of Cincinnati, and he's writing about the wire. Um, so before we kind of get into you know a lot of in depth discussion about this book and and about the television show, Stanley, maybe tell us a little bit about, about your background as, as a scholar.
0: So I. Uh I grew up in Boston. Okay. Uh, I mo- I went to grad school in Atlanta okay. and in New York, and is? I went to Emory, ah. got my master's oh, at Emory, and my PhD at NYU in American Studies. I worked okay. with uh, the famous American Studies film scholar, the late Bob Sklar, who died ah. just a few. Years. And uh, I also worked in other disciplines, primarily in history. I worked okay. with the immigration historian David Rymers, who I think. Oh. Uh, so it was a, you know, it was a good kind of broad yeah. training. I was always interested in film and, you know, in social life. So film and society, film and history. And those have really been my topics all the way through from the time, from, uh, when I wrote my dissertation to now. And, you know, I, I see it as kind of a, an ongoing process and I like to think I get better at thinking about, you know, how th- these things, uh, are involved with one another, mm-hmm. uh, with each project, because so i connectedness, heard, right, Right. so, you know, and, and clearly, uh, it's harder to talk about history in film, and certain, using certain films as certain TV shows as <laughs> models, but for certain TV shows, or certain films, it works very well, because they're really concerned with the world in front of you, right. as exists now, it's interpretive, but it's, uh, it's definitely, you know, a vision of actuality, and that's, you know, that kind of, draws me. So I've written about uh I wrote my first book was about uh the rise of progressivism and the emergence of uh film as a medium at the turn of the century. Mm-hmm. Realism and the birth of the modern United States. I actually talk about D.W. Griffith and uh the the racist classic The Birth of a Nation. Right. That book uh I my second book was about westerns as a genre which I, it, during the Cold War particularly and uh the book is you know talks about the way that westerns became a device for uh discussing American exceptionalism
1: cowboys
0: so, as cowboy warriors yeah. <laughs> cool title uh you know again, you know arrived at with an editor after much strife
1: <laughs> <laughs> We talk about that on on occasion on this podcast
0: <laughs> <laughs> well that's part of the wire title too, but that's you know that we'll get to that uh and then my uh third book was uh. You know, I was I was trying to bring it up bring it up to date, and I actually this uh, old friend of mine who's a uh, labor organizer actually ran for uh, senator as a, a socialist candidate in Ohio a while ago. Uh, kept saying, "Well, you know, the action is in the '70s." Actions in the 70s and 80s around the emergence of globalization, neoliberalism, right. and I started looking at these films that I had, you know, really liked and had seen in the uh, 70s. Just around the time I moved to New York, which New York, when I moved there in the early, in the late 70s, was a mess. You know, it was mm-hmm. kind of a disaster, and that was kind of the, you know, the the uh, aftermath of the city's default and bankruptcy. In 1975, so I, I, you know, looked at this group of movies that were all shot in New York. They're all New York specific movies, and uh, it's called the book is called "Starring New York: uh, right. Filming the Glamour and the 1970s." And it's really a book about, you know, how we envision and metaphorize uh, the emergent neo, neoliberalism, emergent globalization, in uh, through popular culture in the 70s. So, you know, it's interesting that, you know, almost every kind of uh, uh you know economic shift was kind of tried mm-hmm. in new york in the 70s so privatization of certain regions of the city you know uh extreme uh, uh racist policing mm-hmm. all those things kind of came to the fore uh the the uh re uh elaboration of tax codes mm-hmm. uh, a lot of uh uh abated real estate good for developers mm-hmm. all of that stuff you know kind of was tried out Specific, you know, intentionally, really, mm-hmm. uh, by a group of finance guys working with the city government in the uh, late 70s and early 80s. So, uh, you know, it's interesting to kind of look at the films through the prism of that uh, place-specific history and the broader economic history of the period.
1: Wow. Those are some, some great titles there, Stan. And, you know, I'll just mention them again, you know, because if folk really like uh, connecting the wire, they should go back and check out some of your earlier works as well. So, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, they, you know, they would see continuities. I mean, you know, because the, when I write, I generally, you know, I focus on the uh, visual materials at mm-hmm. hand. So there's, you know, I, I kind of go where they lead me to some degree. But methodologically, you know, I'm always interested in, you know, the relationship between, you know, a material history and the visual object.
1: So uh, so one book is uh, Starring New York, where you're talking right. about films uh, from the 1970s in New York. And then yeah. you have uh, Cowboys as Cold Warriors, which is about, you know, the Western and, you know, the Cold War era, United States. And then uh, you talk about like a, around the turn of the century, 19th to 20th century there, right. realism and the birth of the modern United States where you deal with birth of a nation, right? And some other it, films. Of that.
0: That's right. I mean, just same thing in the New York book. I also deal with the psycho black exploitation films
1: shot in New York during the period. like. Ah. Superfly and Cotton Comes
0: to Harlem and so on.
1: Okay, yeah. All right. So I just wanted to to mention those titles again, you know, so folk, uh, you know, Connecting the Wire is is not the first. It's the the most recent in uh, a long line or, you know, a significant line of books by Stanley Corkin. And we're here with, again, Stanley Corkin, the author of Connecting the Wire. You know that television show, The Wire, Race, Space, and Post-Industrial Baltimore. Stanley Corkin is the author, and he's the uh, Taft Professor and Nyhoff Professor of Film and Media Studies in the Department of History and English at the University of Cincinnati in Ohio. And this brought the book is brought to us by our friends at the University of Texas Press. So, Stanley, uh, what got you into the wire? I mean, you t- I know you talked a little bit about your interest in terms of like the other books and how it's kind of a continuation. But what got you into you know the wire? Can you tell us about that? And, you know, maybe what type of methods did you use to do this research? Fair enough.
0: So uh, I finished the New York book mm-hmm. and doing the new, new York book, you know, I was really interested in the way in which uh, films, visual media, uh, give us a, a sense of relative space. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 the way they envision a city, the way they envision, you know, a city's uh, discrete areas of the cities in relation to other areas of the city, the way in which they look at the city within, you know, networks of global exchange or the remoteness from networks global exchange. So, you know, that was kind of the the, uh, thing I picked up, you know, more explicitly in the New York book. So I've kind of been working around the edges of this in the Western book because when you talk about the frontier, you're talking about spatial metaphors. So in the book, I, I, you know, was more interested explicitly in geography and I was thinking about a next project and, uh, you know, I had never subscribed to HBO. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and I had heard about this series, but I didn't really know much about it. And, uh, my daughter who was, I'm trying to think of, at the time was, uh, in her early, very early twenties. Okay. So like, uh, she said, you know, I just watched this show. She was at university of Chicago. She said, I just watched the show. I think you really like it. So I, uh, in my frugality, I got them out of the library. But, you know, when you get <laughs> it's hard to get them in sequence, right? Right. You know, I, I'm very diligent. I'm a hard worker. So I, uh, I, I, you know, got them by the season, and I started watching through. And as I watched them, I really got sucked into Yeah, you know, I'm sure this has happened to you. Sure. I got sucked into the, uh, you know, into the narrative, right? Mm-hmm. And also, but for me, you know, so I, in Cincinnati, a, a city that's similar to Baltimore. Absolutely. In right you know it has it's on the same uh uh latitudinal line pretty much mm-hmm. you know it's a state uh it has some of the same uh maybe the same proportional racial makeup mm-hmm. these days uh same of the same issues and uh a city that you know is clearly now is kind of succeeding but you know it's taken a long time it's kind of it's uh a city that was really, you know, uh, having a lot of trouble figuring out what it was going to be right. in this world after the 1980s. So uh, in Cincinnati, I've done lots of things. I've worked in local politics through, uh, through school issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've uh, coached a lot, coached my son uh, in various sports. But one of the things I did is I coached uh, uh, an all African-American baseball team okay. you know, playing the city. And, you know, in addition to the other experiences I had, this really kind of gave me a window into, you know, in a way that most, uh, people don't have into most white people don't have into, uh, the, you know, the lived experience. Right. Right. Of, of, uh, being an African American in a city that is, uh, you know, that is, uh, prone to, to racial
1: prejudgments. And at that age as well.
0: Right. Right. So, uh, you know, so I, I would cart these kids around and, you know, we'd go to places, play these white teams and we'd have all, you know, uh, you know, just the, the uh, things these kids had to put up with was, ex- you know, amazing to me, right? So, you know, it's, a, it's it gets you uh, things you know, but things when you experience, they're different. They're, you know, known in a different way. Absolutely. So watching The Wire, you know, kind of made sense to me. It showed me a world that I had been around and... uh that I could, you know, that I had these insights into, and, you know, it kind of filled it out for me. Ah, right, right. So it was it was deep, it was not just, you know, compelling in terms of narrative, but it was deeply interesting to me, mm-hmm. you know. It was really the next thing I wanted to talk about. So initially, when I started doing, you know, when I was watching the show, I was picking up all these kind of uh, historical references. Mm-hmm. And uh, the historical references, it turns out, were important, but it was really more the sociological references okay. that the book. You know, the, the the way in which they show what that the world of uh, African Americans living in the inner city who uh, do not have access to devices that will that will uh, create social mobility. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, they, they I mean, this is the stuff that, you know, the interesting thing is I had read William Julius Wilson and so David Simon.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, a lot of what he writes about. The great about,
1: sociologist. Right. Right. Uh,
0: you know, a lot of what he writes about is this kind of uh, bifurcation of African-American class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's all over the wire. You, I mean, uh, you know, it is substantially a show of uh, African-American characters.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And. But you know not all African American characters are the same, so that it has you know it's it's the crime element is within an in inner city, and it's you know people who are very entrepreneurial, some of them yes but but and and brilliant, but they don't have access to the formal devices that allow you to you know uh go to college or mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. learn a trade or whatever right and so the police are substantially african-american too you know actually david simon does a reasonable job of representing the racial makeup of the force and though we know that uh you know that just because a police force is integrated and proportional doesn't mean that you know kinds of residual racism or racial practices don't exist within the force and you know this simon's you know talking about baltimore right and uh simon is very you know he's smart and sensitive to these things and he kind of laid it out and you have to you know pay a lot of attention to get you know the, the world that he's elaborating so that's what i tra- that's what i attempted to do in this book i tried right. to uh you know watching is different you know it kind of washes over you you have these insights they're fleeting they come and they go but they're you know interesting to you they pique your interest you mm-hmm.
1: know in writing
0: you got to kind of put it all together <laughs> right tell Story that you think you know the bigger story that you think these uh, allusions that that the, the uh, these allusions refer to in the context of these five seasons and okay. that's what we do in the book
1: All right yeah and, and you did you definitely connected us so to speak to the wire <laughs> I And mean, maybe it, it was a you know it's a great read and for people who like the series I I, th- I really do believe Stanley they'll like your book you know because it's one of those things where you can go back and just kind of, oh, right, you know, this is that connection, this is that connection, this is how it kind of relates in the larger, you know, world. And, right. you, know, you know, this is, of course, an academic book because you're, you're a, you know, a scholar, a very good one, but it's, in my view, definitely accessible to the average person who wants to, you know, maybe know a little bit more and dig a little bit deeper uh, right. and to the things that they see in the wire, and, and and how the wire can relate to the real world, just like it spoke to you about your experiences in Cincinnati with those young men. Right,
0: right. So it's, I mean, I, and that's what exactly what I was trying to do. I mean, I, I, uh, I don't have to try to reach a general audience. It's just the, you know, I'm trying to tell a story, and the way in which I'm telling it uh, is necessarily accessible. You know, mm-hmm. as a matter of my predisposition, not as a matter of you know, sinking out an audience. It's just it's a you know, it, it when it works, you just connect, right? And that's you know, I don't can I don't try to go into the deep into the yeah. academic weeds. I try to explain things with clarity so that, you know, I'm clarifying it for myself in terms that I think are uh valuable and ideally people find it accessible.
1: Absolutely. And you know and and I really felt like that. I felt like you <laughs> were like myself and I mean, others, you were a fan of the series and you were kind of it's- explaining it for yourself and sharing your observations and realizations with us as well in in your book. So well done, sir. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And, you know, and again, I'm here with the author of Connecting the Wire, Race, Space and Post-Industrial Baltimore. And we're on the African-American Studies channel of the New Books Network. And this, this work is published by the University of Texas Press, our friends there. And the author is Stanley Corkin. He's a Phelps, Phelps, Charles Phelps Taft professor and a Nyhoff professor of film and media studies in the Department of History and English at the University of Cincinnati in Ohio. And again, the book is Connecting the Wire about that that well-known television show. David Simon, I think, is the creator, correct? That's right. All right. The creator of that show that appeared on HBO, Connecting the Wire. Well, the show is The Wire. Right. Dr. Corkin's book is Connecting the Wire. That's right. And he's <laughs> con- connecting you to the wire and giving you some deeper understanding of the wire if, if you if you read his book. Um, and so how how long did it take you, Stanley, to kind of go through this process and complete this work? So now
0: it's 2017. So <laughs> it probably took me, you know, from wire to wire, I'd say five years.
1: Right. No pun intended.
0: <laughs> right. No, I, I didn't even mean it. Uh, <laughs> so I think that... Uh, You know, when I started the book, I thought, well, this, you know, it uses a lot of the methods that I used in the New York book. I'll just, you know, knock this bad boy out. Well, (laughs) it it doesn't work that way. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's a lot of revising and, uh, you know, uh, finding the narrative, finding the angle into each season. And, you know, it just and even production takes a while. Right. So it's you know it's just for me anyway. For other people, can knock them out probably, but for me, it's a more exacting process, and is, it involves a lot of revision. and It involves you know I'm always extending my areas of knowledge when I do one of these books, right? Because I'm you know I'm kind of following where it takes me, and uh, you know so the even the kind of ancillary reading. You know, oh, and then I right, can right. rewatching the show and rewatching the show and rewatching the show. So it, you know, it, it's uh, it becomes a pretty involved process.
1: Right, and to make sure and you I miss like, anything,
0: I like to make uh, think that each book gets better because I've learned more.
1: Absolutely, and it's as safe. humans, yeah, that's what should happen. We should improve a little bit more each time. Right, right. right. So I get better at it, and I know more. And it would be great if films work that way, too, but they don't know. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Sequel,
0: you know, the more they do it, the less good it is, right?
1: Yeah, that's not the opposite of probably, uh, you know, how, how, how books are. Well, and, you know,
0: then, uh, The Wire by the fifth season, you know,
1: uh, which is an interesting season conceptually,
0: but it's dramatically not that good. You know, almost everybody who writes about it thinks that. Right. And I think, you know, they were tired. They were burnt out. You know, David Stein was on to the next project, and they would had enough Baltimore.
1: But uh, they were going to try as long as they could to, you know, keep it going, I guess, as long as the money was coming in, right?
0: Well, I think they had, con- you know, what, probably they contract for fifth season when they, before they did the fourth. And, yeah, I mean, that you know, walking away
1: from that would have been uh, <laughs> you know, hard to do. What do they call it? Uh, j- jumping the shark uh, at some point. That's right.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, you can, you can always tell. Uh, sometimes, you know, shows come back to, uh, you know, coherence. But you can tell that... Uh, when a show is just kind of, you know, un- un- unraveling.
1: Right. and it's time so to kind of end sure. it. Yeah, in a sense. And so you mentioned earlier, Stan, a little bit about your, your title and how you came to that title or how the, t- the title <laughs> came to you, so to speak. And it's always interesting to hear authors talk about that because, you know, the average person thinks, oh, you know, you write the book, you choose the title, and you choose the uh the visuals, the artwork on the on the cover, and so I really like people to understand that it doesn't always work that way. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> so uh,
0: I, you know, this title I always wanted the subtitle, mm-hmm. right? But the you know the main title for I uh, was uh, I had a working title I don't remember what it was. It wasn't that good. And then when I came time to uh, to finally title the book. Mm-hmm. my uh my suggestion was the wire unwound it's like Prometheus <laughs> unbound. I thought that was really clever the guy, I thought it was really stupid so uh we asked him back and forth for a while and he you know he wanted some sort of uh play on words that you know that included the wire right right so okay so uh he finally he you know we argued and argued, and I said I gave it up. And he gave me the subtitle. So that was the agreement. And my, t- my book cover was not that book cover, which is, you know, it's interesting. So he mm-hmm. chose the first shot of the first of the credit pre credit sequence mm-hmm. in the first episode of the first season. Right. So, do, do you, you know, uh, you know, the se- the uh, snot boogie scene. Right? right.
1: That's sitting out on the on the, the stoop there.
0: Right, right. So, uh, which is a great scene and this is a great introduction to the show. But my scene, what I wanted to tell you, I think in season three, just before uh, uh, Stringer gets shot, gets right. killed, not to ruin it for anybody. Oh, 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 oh nice.
1: <laughs> too, well, too late. Go
0: ahead. Too late. Uh, there's a scene where Je- where uh, uh, Avon Barksdale and Stringer are celebrating their success. hmm and there's they're on the balcony of uh uh stringer's condo mm-hmm. in a in a new building overlooking the harbor right and they're drinking cognac and then uh you know I talk about this in the in the, the chapter on on uh in the chapter on season three mm-hmm. that uh stringer says he, he uh, he has to get up in the morning. He can't. He can't stay and drink with Avon, and you know that's kind of him. You know, kind of uh, aspiring to a nine to five, cor- you know, kind of businessman's existence. But it's a great shot, you know, because it kind of recognizes the kind of the pinnacle of their success, and you know, the world is their, the Baltimore that they've always aspired to, and has the Legs Mason, you know, the big financial services right. company sign over in the in the you know the new development development in the Inner Harbor, just in front of them. So I thought, you know, it was a dark shot, and it kind of gets their backs, but you can see him some in profile. And I said, bring up the light a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's, You know, that's the cover. And there was no question about it. I still think so. Like, I didn't know that they had shifted the picture until the book came out. And I said, oh. I said to my wife, I said, Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> what am I gonna do? And I, sh- I just, I gave it up. So you know, I've come to like it. You know, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's better or not, but you know, it does the job. And uh, I defer, you know, the book people. They, they, they know own imperatives, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. So no problem.
1: So what's the yeah the popular expression now is stay in your lane, right? You know. So <laughs> right. I guess they let let them handle the promotion <laughs> production part, and you handle the writing part. I guess is.
0: You know, and and anyway, you know, in the end, if they want to do it a certain way, they can do it, right?
1: They they can. (laughs) Well, I I like the title, Connecting the Wire. I like your title, too, Stan, but I I, I must say I like that title a little bit. I think so, too. So he was right about that. I, I, I give that up. And, then, you know, and I think with this picture, you know, and I could kind of as you were explaining it, I could kind of see why he would want to choose that, because it's like the very beginning. It's right, the
0: introduction to the show.
1: So, you know, people maybe would recognize that. And, you know, it's, it's on the cover. And then, you know, it's showing that grittiness. Right. You know, of, of Baltimore. I think yours is kind of more which I can understand, you know, why you'd want to do that that's a whole thing for another show. (laughs) But you don't want to show like the upper upward mobility and, you know, and the end kind of thing. But, you know, others who maybe don't necessarily see things or understand things the way that your, your approach, your approach or mine would say, okay, this is what the wire is all about. It's gritty street, you know, kind of thing. And it is that, but it was, it was more than that too.
0: I mean, I've shown that clip so many times and I still, each time I watch, I watch it. I, I chuckle, you know, and the line is, uh you mean someone whose name whose mother named him Omar Isaiah Betts forgot to bring his Kleenex one day. <laughs>
1: I mean it's uh it's it's a wonderful show and you know, shout out Mr. Simon for doing such a a great job, for giving Stan something to write about here. I appreciate it. And yeah, it def- definitely kept your attention and you know, um when you were saying how you kinda got caught in with the DVDs. I was thinking about, you know, now with streaming, with right. you know Netflix and those kind of shows how you can just keep watching back to back to back.
0: Well, uh HBO Go, you know, has right. everything that they've ever done and you can, you know, you can binge watch any show or show uh the showtime streaming option too, right? Yeah. You know, so this stuff is it, it's so easy, so accessible these days to uh for a subscriber, or, you know, people, I, I know that they, uh, maybe they're not supposed to do this, but they share uh, uh, yes. passwords, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, so th- this stuff is much more available, even on uh, some of it's, you know, some portion of it is available on YouTube.
1: And we're not we're not condoning sharing passwords <coughs> oh. at all. Stanley's was just talking about the fact that those kind of things do happen they in do. the real world, right? They do.
0: Uh, well, I think that, you know, those streaming services have, you know, allow for a certain degree of password share. Within the same family and, and stuff like that. Right. So Absolutely. flip number concurrently, you know, at the same time, so many people can watch.
1: And so we're talking about, uh, we're here on the African American Studies channel, the New Books Network, having a great time here talking with my new friend, Stanley Corkin, about his book, Connecting the Wire, Race, Space, and Post-Industrial Baltimore, brought to us by our friends from the University of Texas Press. And, yes, you were right. What, what's that gentleman's name uh, with the connecting the wire that chose the, the cover and the uh, title? Jim Burr. Jim Burr, you were You were, were right. We're this right was, uh, <laughs> yes, this is a, it's a great cover, and the, the title is awesome as well. And, um, you know, Stanley and I were just talking about the, about streaming services, Amazon, Netflix. Uh, what would you mention, the HBO Go, Yikes. so on and so forth. And so I would recommend, you know, even if you haven't seen all the seasons of The Wire, or even if you haven't started, pick up Stanley's book and watch it and read as you go. You know, you can get instant analysis, you know, make instant connections and, and pick up all those illusions and those important things and think about today's world and your city. I'm in Houston. You're in Cincinnati. You know, think about what well, Cincinnati area. And you think about your connections as a as a reader or as a uh, a viewer uh, to the wire to your city, you know. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's what Stanley did. I, I think that the book enriches
0: your sense of what the series is doing. So, you right. know, you have the uh, stamina. You know, probably a good thing to do is to watch it through once and then watch it through again with the book. All right. And, well, it's a great series, so that shouldn't be a problem. No, <laughs> I agree. Two times through, you know, that two times through is good. I don't know if about a third, but two times.
1: <laughs> Maybe a little too much violence and, and you know, and some kind of bad bad situations there if you go to the third time but i mean certainly i mean it's it's a, a great series and you know and as we have things that happen in the world and as you have movies and things come out i often hear people you know reference the wire you know and and they make those connections you know uh to the wire particularly when you had the situation with the police brutality right uh you know or alleged police brutality or alleged police misconduct here recently in baltimore that shined a new light, and you know, people were interviewing Simon, and you know, the, again, the the wire was uh, coming back into the forefront.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's amazing how
1: contemporary the series feels, right? Because
0: the social circumstances the city that the uh, series depicts uh, have not really changed. Maybe they've changed a little. You know, the the thing that the uh, the, the series gets a little, but it probably if it was redone today, it would get more, is the way in which the gentrification, the sprawling gentrification of the, right. moves, uh, poor people to the inner line suburbs, those places take on a lot of the difficulties that formerly were lodged in the inner cities. I mean, that's when, mm-hmm. during the last presidential campaign, when Trump was talking about uh, the inner city, uh, most African-Americans, of course, don't live in the inner city, right? And a lot of African-Americans who, you know, poor African-Americans lived in the inner cities are being displaced. Because, uh, you know, more prosperous people of all races want the real estate. And that's really happening right. in Baltimore. I mean, I was there a few years ago. And uh, the na- most of the neighborhoods where Simon shot remained, you know, pretty uh, on the edge. But the downtown just gets fancier and fancier.
1: Mm-hmm. Every year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Building more and more stuff like the hotels and, you know, casinos and right. – all those things in the, you know, in that Baltimore, DC area. I mean, it's changing everything.
0: Right, right. So just, you know, even just putting the ballpark downtown you know, uh, was the beginning of redevelopment, which is also kind of a model for urban redevelopment all over the country.
1: Absolutely. Free ball, uh, you know, for rich people. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. The views expressed <laughs> by Dr. Stanley Corkin are not necessarily the views of the New Books Network. <laughs> We had to throw that in there sometimes.
0: we did it. in Cincinnati too. They they actually built a new ballpark, but they put it on the riverfront rather than in the neighborhoods because they was they were afraid that people from the suburbs wanted to get in and out of the city in a hurry. So right. they didn't do that, but they should have actually. But uh, you know that's certainly the trend. And actually, in uh, season five, you know we have mm-hmm. we we feature the uh, Camden Yards, which is a great ballpark. You know, it is. That it's very good, and it really was an anchor for a kind of downtown redevelopment.
1: And, you know, and, and you know, you mentioned about you know redevelopment, some of those things, and I recall when when The Wire was on, there was some you know some criticism of it, and you know, now we can look kind of in retrospect. But just people said, you know, you shouldn't have a show like The Wire because it makes Baltimore look bad, and everybody thinks Baltimore is just this bad area or whatever. You know, what are your thoughts about that?
0: Well, about that? I think that. Uh what I generally think about that people who say things like that is the people who think it makes the city look bad and generalize from the show—they're not mm-hmm. from Baltimore anyway, right? <laughs> you know, because they already they already uh, have a certain uh, fear of urbanness, mm. so it's an urban phobia we could call it. But and and I th- also think that if you constrain you know a uh, you know a an artist, a, a producer, a film, a TV show, from showing what's you know the world,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know then that that's uh, you know it 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 uh, it makes the media you know it, it defangs the medium, it makes it irrelevant. Mm-hmm. So you know Simon had been a police reporter, and had you know that he had done that. Do you ever uh, you know the uh, the show The Corner. Yes, in in, uh, in the book "The Corner," which is a kind of ethnography of the inner city, mm-hmm. you know, the great series, right? So, uh, you know, Simon had you know deeply involved himself in this world. So it's not like he was making it up. I mean, there are conventions of narrative that you have to put in, but of his his uh, eye is really and his sensibility is really a reporter's sensibility. So he's not showing you things that aren't there. So I think that you know people who say it puts the city in a bad light. Well, if that's the city, that's the city, right? It is what it is, right? right. It, and it's uh, it's not the whole city. And if people are outraged, they
1: should do something about it. I was I was just going to say that, right? If you if you don't like what you see in the wire, you know you could try to affect some change, right, in Baltimore or in your community if you don't want to see a wire made in your town, right? I mean that's you know one of the uh,
0: interesting things in the
1: series, you know. A, A lot of people's
0: favorite season is season four,
1: Mm -hmm. which
0: deals with uh, inner city schools, which is a subject. Right. right. I hear about that one all the time. (laughs) Right. And it's, you know, it's absolutely true that the kids who need the most get the least. And that, you know, the historical avenue for, uh, for uh, social mobility is the public schools. Mm -hmm. And in the regime of neoliberalism, those schools have been largely defunded. And now if we, you know, follow the, The fortune of the Prince and Amway families, the DeVos family, they'll be completely privatized. And that, you know, those vouchers never adequately fund access to better schools. What they do is Mm -hmm. they they move the chairs on the Titanic. So that, you know, uh, they, what happens is that uh, people profit from the misserving of poor students. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, instead of putting money into public schools, and, you know, the people know the models of education that work. And, you know, it's interesting. So the, the big intervention in season four is the ex-cop is becomes a teacher, and he really gets involved with his students, and he tries to right. affect their lives. But the thing that's so difficult is there's no institutional device to aid him in doing it. Mm. So that's the thing that works in inner city schools is these kind of comprehensive programs that, you know, are quite expensive, and you know involve you know multidisciplinary aspects of uh education education mm-hmm. writ large so you know this is it's it's smart you know it's a very smart uh season and it really shows you uh the difficulties in you know in uh, in affecting you know in doing the things that'll real possibly affect the kind of social change that those people are implicitly mm-hmm. talking about when they're saying, well, you know, the city is a wreck. Well, if the city's a wreck, then, you know, why don't you get these, you know, allow for, you know, uh, schools that are physically uh, kempt, you know, new schools, good facilities, you know, are adequate staffing of teachers. I mean, Przewodowski not, a, you know, one of the uh, telling things is in that season is that Przewodowski is not a certified teacher. And the thing I like about him is that he's been a cop because the people who've been in the system, you know, no fault of their own, they look at schools as social control, not right, education. Sure. So it's a very interesting season. It's you know kind of replete with social commentary, and it, it's not a rebuttal to people who complain about you know showing that Baltimore. But you know if you if you nudge it a little bit, you can see that you know there the critique is, uh, is if it was heated, would be an effective
1: one. And it's, you know, and it's showing people that maybe who don't know or don't see that world, what, you know, kind of, what, you know, of course it is fiction, but I mean, there is, a you know, as you said, you know, with Simon, there's a lot of truth in, in what's there, which is why people like The Wire. I mean, it's exposing, you know, you know, maybe a side of the world that a lot of people, you know, maybe haven't seen or aren't as familiar with. It's forcing them to look at it through an entertaining narrative. Right,
0: right. So that, and I, and I think that that's the, uh, the power of the show, that the the narrative, and you you know you get involved with the characters, and you know you you kind of access that world.
1: Absolutely, and that world is The Wire, the um, famed and legendary HBO series created by uh, David Simon, and we're here with a with the author of a book on that great series. It's called Connecting the Wire. Barack Obama's space favorite TV show. <laughs> Barack Obama's favorite TV show. An endorsement, we should have got him to we should have got him to do a little back blur. <laughs> I have been hard to do
0: but I would have appreciated it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the book is Connecting the Wire: Race, Space, and Post-Industrial Baltimore. Stanley Corkin is the author. and We're here on the New Books Network, the African American Studies Channel. And Stanley is a professor a Taft professor and Nyhoff professor of film and media studies in the department of history and English at the university of Cincinnati in Ohio. And earlier in the podcast, we talked about some of his earlier works. I think you should check those out as well. And, um, the connecting the wire, his latest book just came out this year. It's pretty fresh off the presses as they say. That's right. And you know, um, one of the things I, you know, that I wanted to make sure that I mentioned as you were talking about the education piece in that season, I'm glad you brought that up Stan, because I wanted to talk about, you know some of the you know those kind of current events and kind of uh, social commentary aspects of the wire, but it really that season reminded me of uh, another HBO documentary. You may or may not have seen it. It's called Hard Times in Doug at Douglas High, Frederick Douglass High School there in Baltimore. Oh, really? I've never seen yeah. it. Yeah, I'll share that with you offline if you're you're interested yeah, in that. I have but it was. To- yeah, it was like a 90 minute documentary, and it was just, you know, it was showing to teachers and schools there and how difficult it was for them to kind of go through the year and how out of control some of the students were. And exactly what you said the difficulties the principal and the teachers had, you know, of, of getting the support is really, really kind of sad. And, you know, I was a teacher for almost 20 years myself, you know, in all different kinds of schools. And, you know, the first time I watched that with my wife, you know, it just made me think, oh my gosh, you know, it's horrible to have to deal with students in. That kind of situation It's tough.
0: I mean, I taught at uh, Atlanta Federal Prison when I was a very young man. Oh my goodness. and uh, You're still a young man, Stan. <laughs> I was a lot younger then. It was when I, was, <laughs> I mean, I was, I was 24 years old. I was oh, okay. a relatively new grad student, and uh, the, uh, that program was administered by Mercer in uh, Atlanta. Okay. And, right. uh, and I needed a job, and this guy called me and he said, well, i got to I have a class for you. Uh, two classes actually, and I said, "Yeah, where are they?" And he said, "They're the federal prison." And I thought, ah, "I don't know." And then uh, I, I said, "Well, you know, you can't really turn down a job if you don't have a job." So I took it. Absolutely. And it was really an education. I mean, I, you know, I. So I spent uh, two quarters there: uh, spring quarter, and summer quarter. Two classes each quarter. And uh, I learned a lot. I mean, Atlanta Federal Pen was eventually closed down because, it, you know, it was built as a Victorian structure. It was very hard to police uh, a social mm. worker killed right after I was uh, left there. Uh, it, was, it was definitely, you know, I learned a lot about the relationship between prisoners and guards, a lot about, uh, you know, what it is like to be incarcerated. Most of my prisoners were uh, Vietnam vets and drug offenders. Mm. So, you know, uh, right, right. So people who, you know, were not nefarious criminals. They were mostly Mm -hmm. guys who's, you know, who'd become addicts in Vietnam and didn't have access to decent treatment. So, So it was just
1: kind of victims of circumstance, so to speak.
0: Pretty much. And, uh, so that was very interesting to me. And that also, you know, was, I always think of that as an
1: experience that, uh, you know,
0: uh, gave me insights into, you know, what it means to, uh, You know, what the drug trade is, what it means, you know, who's in it, Mm. you know, uh, how that functions as a as a social group.
1: Mm. And. um, There's a a recent series, I don't know if you've seen it, it's called uh, on Netflix, Luke Cage, Marvel's Luke Cage. Son watches it. He loves it. And, And, you know, it reminds me a lot of The Wire. I mean, it's obviously only 13 episodes, but there are some aspects to me. You may maybe have to ask your son and maybe take a look at yourself. He and, don't and, you know, like it, so I, I should probably check it out. Uh, yeah, because it reminds me, of, you know, a lot of of the wire. But well, we'll have to talk about that later offline if you get a chance to watch it. And I'll send you my review that I I did um, for Entertainment Fuse. You know, I'm a television critic as, as well, so you can kind of get a feel. Thanks. for that but it reminds me a lot of uh of the wire so you haven't seen it yet so maybe part two we'll have to come back and get you to share with the audience your your thoughts and if there's a connection or i guess people can contact you as well i mean if they yeah, yeah. you know are you are you open to uh oh hearing yeah from yeah
0: and uh you know so you can find me if you just uh google me you know you can mm-hmm. find my uh my university account uc uh <laughs> dot edu so you know it's it's for any uh Professor at a public university, you know, the access information is really readily available.
1: So, if you want to talk with with Stan or or, or share your thoughts on the wire or, or any of his other works, you heard that, folks. Feel free to get in contact with him at University of Cincinnati. Maybe you could uh, they could help you get involved with whatever your next book project is or something. Give you some ideas about it. <laughs> I, I I'm Always looking for new ideas. <laughs> well, I, when you meant, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, uh, you go, and then I'll. Uh, Okay. Well, what I was gonna say is when you were talking a little earlier and you were talking about the educational aspects of the wire, I was thinking, man, I could see you know another book project. You, you seem to have some excitement there, Stanley. I was gonna say that could be another project, some education type films, you know, talking about some of these issues.
0: I'm uh my the project I've been working on is uh, a related project. It's about it's uh, it's about Boston as a ah okay uh, as a as a media presence. Uh, but also as a kind of post-industrial brand, in mm-hmm. in the again in the same period in the period after the 1970s. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the, I just finished a, an essay for a collection on a group of films that were uh, shot between uh, really the only films really that used Boston as a setting uh, in any pronounced way between ni- 1973 and 1982. I right? mm-hmm. About Friends of Eddie Coyle, uh, The Brink's, okay. and The Verdict. But I talk a lot about the busing crisis which will be mm-hmm. a chapter in uh in the uh uh in the bigger book and uh you know the bus i mean that I was not living in Boston at the time I was you know I'm trying to think so the, you know the really uh I, I was at college you know when this kind of came to the fore and uh so I would read about it but I, I didn't experience it directly but certainly you know the bus uh you know that the issues of school integration in mm-hmm. Austin uh were a huge you know national event and they again suggest the difficulties of urban education both for poor whites and poor african americans mm-hmm. you know i mean on, on one level you know the the uh not condoning the behavior but you know to send uh you know to move uh poor whites across town to sit next to poor african americans is, you know, it's, there's a justification, but there's also, you know, a bigger question being asked about how we define, about space, really, about how mm-hmm. we define districts, and, you know, what about all these abutting suburban districts, and, you know, right. how do how we, you know, change school funding mechanisms, so th- I am interested in that, and it kind of finds its way into the next project.
1: Okay. Wow. you, you kind of took my next question I was going to ask there, you know, because I know we're getting a little longer. I don't want to keep you too long. I, I met your lovely wife earlier. Y'all probably have a nice dinner planned or some.
0: <laughs> well, one of the <laughs> things I that. talk about in the next book is also sports. And one of the things I talk, I, you know, reference in that chapter is the thing that just happened with Adam Jones, you know, and this is part of the Boston thing. Right, right there in Boston. Right. You know, that uh, this really gentrified, you know, educated city that's succeeding in, by, you know, almost all measures, you know, some knucklehead, you know, uh, you know, is, is spewing out racial hatred in the midst of a crowd of you know 40,000 people around you know all kinds of people children you know it's, mm-hmm. it's uh, that is part of the story so that you know those, you know and it's you know the justification is part of a historical reference I think
1: so you so your next work is going to be on Boston or any other other projects that you have that you're working on
0: no this will keep this will this will do it for me. <laughs> So, you know, it, it, I think of it as a big book. So I'll talk about films. I'll talk about yeah, the imprint of sports teams, particularly the Red Sox, a little bit about the Celtics. You know, yeah, one of the yeah. things that I always think about is that, you know, uh, Bill Russell always talked about Boston as the most toxic place he, oh. could, ever, he could ever play. And, you know, there's stories about legend, right. right. stories about, you know, racial incidents he had while living in Boston, uh, you know, are, are part of. The story. I actually met uh, Bill Russell. Was at my daughter's. His grandson was graduating at University of Chicago with my.
1: Oh, okay.
0: With my daughter, and he was standing there wearing his three Celtics rings. And I, I said to uh, my daughter's boyfriend at the time, I said, uh, it's "Bill Russell over there," and I know he hates to be approached. You know, hates it, right? And I said, "But it's Bill Russell." So I went <laughs> over and I talked to him for a minute. I shook his hand. He was very gracious. I turned my back, and he was gone. <laughs> <laughs> he had been, been recognized you know but you know if you're six foot nine and you're wearing three big you know diamond rings with Celtics and sinews on it you know you might be recognized
1: yeah uh, yeah it's, it would be very difficult to to not be wow so yeah well definitely when you get that finished i know it took you about five years to do the wire so it may may be a while but I definitely want you back on the show. I I, I would love to come
0: and I you know I uh, I hope this book comes out as well as the wire book did. I mean I I'm proud of the work I did and I I think that yeah. you know it offers a lot to uh fans of the show and if people who think they might could be fans. Right. Of
1: the show. potential fans of the show and like I like I said shows like uh Luke Cage or you know some of these other shows that have kind of similar themes. They can look back to the wire as a show that was an inspiration. Uh-huh. You know? Right. So they can go back or well, American Crime, you know, the anthology series right. that ABC which, has which, right
0: now. Right. Also a very good show. Yeah.
1: And so they could go back if they like those things, go go back and, and watch The Wire and read Stanley's book, Connecting the Wire, Race, Space and Post Industrial Baltimore, University of Texas Press, and and we're here with the author Stanley Corkin of the University of Cincinnati. And on that note, Stan, I'm going to turn you loose and you go and uh, enjoy your day. Thank you so much. You know, it was a a great interview. I enjoyed it. And, and, uh, you know, I really think our our, our audience, our listeners are going to enjoy it. And if they want to talk with you about the wire, yeah, you know, email Stan if you have some ideas or something you want to share with him about Boston, uh, you know, they they can do that as well, all right? Okay. Absolutely. On that note, we're going to end it here on the African-American Studies channel of the New Books Network. I'm your host, James Stansel. And, uh, Stanley, if you don't mind, if you want to say goodbye to the audience. Uh, Thank you for having me, James,
0: and goodbye to all the listeners. And uh, I hope you enjoy the book and and, uh, learn from
1: the interview. Absolutely. And the book, again, is Connecting the Wire, and it's published by the University of Texas Press. And thank you so much, Dr. Corkin. Thank you. And um, we'll, t- we'll talk a little further offline. And everyone, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time on the African-American Studies channel of the New Books Network. Take care. Peace and love. All right. We're back here on the New Books Network, the African-American Studies channel. I'm your host, James Stansel. And um uh, Hope you enjoyed that interview there with Stanley Corkin of uh, University of Cincinnati. His book, Connecting the Wire, Race, Space, and Post-Industrial Baltimore. Stanley Corkin, University of Texas Press. And uh, he told us his next book is going to be about Boston. So I'm hoping to get him back and talk a little bit more about uh, film, television, entertainment, and how it relates to these cities. Of course, this one's about Baltimore. and He's already done something on New York. Um, So... He's a very interesting writer and a great scholar. Um, And he's, you know, if you like The Wire and you want to drop him a line at University of Cincinnati, he's definitely open to it. Or if you have any ideas about Boston or any of his other work, he definitely would love to hear from you. So on that note, I'm going to wish you peace and love. I hope you enjoyed connecting The Wire with Stanley Corkin. And we'll see you next time on the African-American Studies channel of the New Books Network. I'm your host, James Stansel. Peace and love.